You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors, everyone. This is Rochelle Vanderzanden here with Corey Janoff. Hey. Hey. And today, Corey is going to tell us all about building a custom house because Corey just did that. And he just moved in last week. So congrats on that, Corey. Thank you. Feeling settled? <laughs> you know, as settled as you can be after a week of absolutely moving. But yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's an experience. I've had a number of clients do this in recent years, and in, in the area I live, it's actually like pretty common because there's just not a ton of inventory available. Um, and like all over the country, you're running into that. There's just not a lot of inventory available. New construction now makes up. I think about a third of home sales, uh, which is so, unusual. That's not that's not a normal percentage at all. Correct. Normally, it's in like the ten to twenty percent range, but just due to lack of inventory, builders are, are building because there's demand, and and they're you know arguably one of the only games in towns unless you want to get into a bidding war and everything. Um, and and in, in if if you're if you do it right, it can actually end up potentially being less expensive than you know, buying a brand new home from a builder because, you know, the builder is going to mark in their profit for the risk that they're taking on. Or, uh, you know, if you find an existing home and then maybe make some renovations after the fact to, to make it, you know, how you want it, you know, it, this could definitely be a more cost-effective route to go. But as with everything, there are pros and cons. Yeah. So I think today, Corey is going to walk us through some of those pros and cons, but also just the process, like how it works, how you get financing, like all of those different kinds of things. So Corey, I think we probably should start on a happy note because it's just better. I like it better that way. Let's start with the pros. But what do you think were the, the good things about this experience? Yeah. So, I mean, you get a help design the floor plan and the style of the house you know it's you get to pick all the things the features the finishes the colors the accessories um which you know you make it your own you can get all the things that you like and you can check almost all of the boxes i still will uh stand by the 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 belief that there is no such thing as a perfect home it does not exist no matter what there's going to be um, you know, issues. Rochelle and I were just talking about this earlier. Like, you might have a home with a good view, but then if you want to put a fence in it so that you can keep your dog in the backyard, that's going to obstruct some of your view. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have a fence and an unobstructed view. It doesn't exist. Um, but uh, yeah, you can. And like I mentioned earlier, you can um, potentially, you know spend a little less money depending on the area you're in and what you're trying to do than than you might be spending if you were to buy an existing home that met the exact same criteria. Because with the builder, like they're not really taking on much risk. Like you're paying for everything. So they, they don't have to worry about material costs changing, labor costs changing, you know, they, they don't have to mark things up as much. They just they just price in their, you know, whatever fee they charge for their service and then everything else is you know, 
whatever the, the cost is. So, so yeah, in, in some cases, it potentially could come in less expensive, which is kind of why we went this route. You know, we were looking at homes in the area. It's like, well, shoot, we'd have to spend this much for a 15-year-old home that might need the floors replaced or the roof redone or this or that, and it doesn't have all the things we want. Or for basically the same price, we could start from scratch and, and get more of the things we want. Um, you know, again, not, not every area it would work out that way, but at least where we are, that's, that's how it, it penciled out. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know sometimes there's warranties when you like buy a house outright. Like you can build in like, okay, for the next year or so, if something goes wrong, the seller's responsible for that. But that can be even more when you're buying a brand new house, right? Yeah, a little different, like a home warranty versus a builder warranty. Like that home warranty, you know, it's just insurance that you're buying. And often the seller will pay for that as part of the the, the sale process. Um, but with the builder, and I think this is pretty regulated and standardized in, in most states, um, you know, typically there's a one-year warranty on any defects or issues with the house, and, and it's usually a 10-year warranty for structural issues, like if the foundation's cracking or or, or thing or the house is like literally collapsing. Um, you know, that all right, we're back. Internet at the new house hasn't officially been hooked up yet, so we're on the uh, the Wi-Fi cell phone hotspot here. Um, but yeah, so the warranty, you know, typically 10 years for structural issues. I think it varies by state, but anywhere from 5 to 15 years is pretty standard. Um, and that's, you know, whether you're you know doing the custom home or just buying a new construction home from a builder, that that's pretty typical. You'll get the the builder warranty um, built in there. And uh, which, you know, if you're buying an existing home on the market, that you're not going to have that warranty unless, you know, someone is able to transfer it to you because the home's less than a year or 10 years old. Absolutely. Yeah. So there are, I mean, there's a lot of good things to being able to do this. Sometimes the cost, maybe not always, but you get more of what you want, even though it can't be perfect. I think one thing about it not being perfect is that like what you want changes over time too. So maybe you decide it exactly how you want it right this second. And two years from now, you're like, oh, man, I really wish I had chosen differently on that. But obviously, just like with everything, there's pros and cons. So what are some of the cons here, Corey? Um, it's very time consuming and tedious. Like I think start to finish, ours went relatively smoothly, but it was about a year and a half process between finding the lot to build on, getting the builder designs, breaking ground, permitting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I've talked to some people and worked with some clients where it's like a multi-year, like two, three years before it's done. It, it, it can take some time. Um, and there are infinite options to pick from. Like imagine if you're, you know, just imagine like you do, you're doing a, your backyard. You're, you're going to, you know, put some pavers in, add some grass, plants, etc. bark dust, like you got to pick all that stuff out. Where do we want the sprinklers? How do we want the grass shaped? Where do we, what, do we, what style of pavers do we want? Now do that, but for your entire house, like it's, uh, it's a process. And do that and try to have two people agree on everything. Yeah. It, it's, it's <laughs> like if you've ever built Ikea furniture with your significant other, um, you, you know, instead of just building a dresser, you're, you're building a dresser and another dresser and, you know, literally the entire home. So yeah, there, there's definitely some disagreements or my favorite disagreement is not to stereotype here, but typically the wife in a traditional marriage you know, and in my case, from personal experience, which one do you like better? I don't care. Whatever you like better. 
that's not what I asked. I asked which one you like better. Again, I don't care. Just pick one. Okay, that one. Oh, you like that one? I like the other one. Okay, then go with the other one. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So, yeah, the the agreement, um, you know, and then there were things where I was very picky on, too. Like, I wanted to make sure we had, like, the floor plan this way in these rooms where my wife was like, oh, we don't need a loft. I'm like, I'm telling you, the kids are going to drive you nuts. If they're downstairs in the living room, you want a bonus room or loft so they can have, like, their own little space to destroy and they're not right off the kitchen destroying the main area of the house. Um... So it, it's, you know, there are certain, yeah, coming to agreement as, as any, anyone in a relationship knows, you know, we all have different uh, things that we prefer uh, over others and, and have stronger feelings about certain things. Um, and sometimes those, those uh, conflict with each other. So, and in this situation, there's just so many things that you have to make decisions about. So it's like that conversation over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, not just making the, the decisions, it's then staying on top of the builder and the subcontractors to make sure they actually follow through with, with what you initially outlined. So, you know, some say it's almost like a full-time job, uh, you know, managing that process because you're, 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 you know, you almost have to micromanage it to ensure it gets done to your liking. Um, so for some, they're into that. They like that. They want to do that. Others, it's not for them. Like, you know, it's just, you know, I don't want to deal with it. Uh, just I'll take what, what you're what you're offering off the shelf and you know, I could change some things later if I want to. Um, no right or wrong answer. It's each their own. Another n- negative is, um, you know, while in some cases it, it can end up being less expensive in the market, you know, I think we were pretty fortunate to, you know, and we kept some of our selections reasonably priced, but there's also no upper limit to how much you can spend on things. Like you want a custom fancy glass chandelier, you want like the highest end marble imported from Italy, you want to put a, a big brick pizza oven on your back patio like there is no limit to what you can do and that cost has no upper limit and the vendors and the contractors and the builders like they will be more than happy to sell it to you because they make money off of it um so you got to make sure you, you you know what your budget is and and you draw that line in the sand expect to go over the budget. I think a good rule of thumb from talking to various people is, you know, you can expect to spend about 30% more than initially, uh, you know, quoted or initially outlined just because, you know, a lot of those things you, you want to upgrade and add, you know, the, the thicker padding under the carpet. You want to go with, you know, I don't know, a, a higher PSI shower head or, you know, the, the fancier dishwasher. Again, the list goes on and on and there, there is no end um, unless you, you know, put your foot down and say, nope, this is, this is where we're stopping right here. Um, mm-hmm. Other frustrations from the, you know, most people can relate to contractors are notoriously bad at communication, you know, trying to get a reply and answer to an email or phone call um, can be frustrating, you, you know, Again, you got to stay on them. Um, you don't always hear back in a timely manner or at all. Um, like there was one vendor where like we ended up getting appliances from just a different company because they just never got back to us with quotes or anything. It's like, we want to give you money. Reply to our email. Like, <laughs> um, and 
And yeah, I think I already mentioned it, but it's likely going to take longer than you initially expect or are initially led to believe. The the real estate industry, construction industry, they're they're very good at over over promising and under delivering. So, um, you know, plan on that. <laughs> and I think that's true you know, in several industries, but this is such a big part of your life for such a long time that it's it's a big impact. And if you're not kind of prepared to be disappointed, it, it's not awesome. Even when you are, it's not awesome. Yeah, it's all about, you know, keeping your expectations in check. We did a whole episode on this one. What uh, Reality minus expectations equals satisfaction. So if things turn out to be better than you expect, great. If things are worse than you expect, and it's all about where you draw that line of expectations. Like if you expect it to go painfully and it goes a little less painfully, okay, you're, you're pleasantly surprised. It's still painful, but at least you were, you know, it, it was better than you thought. Yeah. So now that we know some of the positives and negatives, maybe people are leaning one way or another. Like, I want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to explore this more. But what does the process look like? I think this is the part that trips me up a little bit. Like, how would you even go about doing this? So there's, I guess, several ways you could go about it. But, you know, from the onset, you need to pick a piece of land that you want to uh, build on. And in some cases, like a builder will own lots within a new development and you have to work with that builder or you could, you know, work out an arrangement to where they you know, sell it and, uh, or you buy it from them and, and bring in your, a different builder if you want. But, um, you got to find the land, the lot that you want to build on, uh, whether that's in a, a new neighborhood or, you know, in the sticks or wherever. Um, but you got to find the land first, probably smart to do an on-site visit with the builder and the architect to get an idea if this lot is suitable for the type of home that you're wanting to build before you go ahead and purchase that lot. Um, because, you know, it'd be kind of frustrating if you buy a piece of land and then learn that the home you want wouldn't fit or it's not, you know, the shape of the lot isn't conducive to how you want it to play out. But anyways, um, uh, you know, do, do a little due diligence on the front end. And then, yeah, you purchase the, the lot and either pay cash for it or, or finance it. You know, a land loan is very similar to a normal mortgage, but you typically need 25% down. And the interest might be a tiny bit higher than a traditional mortgage, but otherwise more or less the same. And then you find an architect to design the home and the builder to build the home. Now, sometimes those go hand in hand, depending on, you know, the company, some Larger operations have in-house architects that will design homes and build them for you. Others, it's you know they might have uh, a relationship with an outside company that they like to use, or you just Google and or ask a referral. Hey, who's a good home architect, home designer, and have them design it, and then find a builder to build it. Um, once they have the blueprints, you know any builder can follow those and build it. Um, but uh, that, you know, you start with the floor plan, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, etc. how many floors, you know, what floors do you want, what rooms on, do you want the primary bedroom on the main level, do you want it upstairs, etc. and be as specific as possible, um, you know, ask and you shall receive, don't ask and don't be surprised if you don't get it, um, so, so you definitely want to be specific and that'll also help reduce the back and forth and, and rev- revisions and 
and uh and maybe the cost because of yeah you know you're paying the architect you know they're gonna have to charge you more if they're spending more time redrawing drafts so you know if you're if you're if you have it well thought out and you're very specific on the front end that'll help bring the cost down of that design process but um you know, it's kind of like a, a Tetris game. You, you tell the architect what you want, and then they have to try and fit the pieces uh, into the puzzle. And nice thing is they can like shuffle them around after the fact to, to get them to fit if the initial go-around doesn't quite work the way it, they want it to or the way you want it to. Um, and, and, and they can get pretty creative, too. Architect, you know, this is their, their wheelhouse, so they kind of know how to fit things together so it flows nicely. Um and then, you know, a good architect will make sure they're they're looking up all the rules of the city and the neighborhood. If there are requirements, you know, you can't build above this height or you have to have it this far from the street, that sort of thing. Um, because once the design is complete, it has to be submitted to the city for permitting. And if it doesn't adhere to the requirements, then they kick it back and say, nope, you got to, you know, redo this. This roof line is too high or, oh, you need to set it back another three feet from the street you know, et cetera. Um, and that permitting process can, you know, then it could either be pretty quick or it could take a while depending on the city that you're in and, um, you know, how quickly they, they turn around things, but it could be as little as several days or several months. Again, it just depends on, on where you're at. Um, you know, and yeah, you, again, pick the builder kind of simultaneously to build the home. Uh, hopefully you've got some referrals, from friends or you know your real estate agent can vouch and say they've done a good job with previous clients. Um, you, know, you might have some ideas from driving around and looking at homes or Instagram or whatever to get an idea of, of, of styles and designs that you like and who's done what. But uh, I think the biggest things when picking the builder are quality, timeline, and budget. You know, do they make a quality home? Can complete it in a reasonable time frame and is it hopefully as close to the desired budget as possible? And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But um, mm -hmm. So I noticed communication isn't on your list, but you said that that's sometimes a challenge. Is that just like too much to ask? It, well, that's <laughs> from start to finish. It's the entire process is communication. And, um, and yeah, you're, you're going to bang your head against the wall sometimes. But hopefully, you know, you, when you start vetting, uh, people to, to do this for you, you know, if, if you're interviewing or, or reaching out to multiple builders, all right, the ones who respond to emails and phone calls in a timely manner right out of the gates, all right, that seems to be a good sign. Now, there's also a bit of that campaigning, like we ran into this in, in some cases for, for certain uh, subcontractors and vendors are really good at getting back to you on the sales part of it, but then once it's time to get them out there and do the work, it's radio silent. Um, yep. So, you know, there, there's always that too, but that's where if you can get some referrals or like, you know, you have a friend or, or a real estate agent to vouch for and say, hey, they do a really good job, you know, they're, they're really good at this, then uh, at least you have some of that to, you know, give you a little more confidence. But, um, but yeah, throughout the whole process, communication is a big one and a big challenge, I think, no matter what. Um, and then once, you know, the permitting is, is, is done and they're, you know, getting ready to break ground, you know, along the way, that's when you're going to start picking everything out from the, that sounds like my nightmare, honestly, Corey, like, 
<laughs> yeah, credit to Lindsay for doing most of this stuff and putting up with me for just not caring. Um, and maybe that's a better thing. But yeah, like the paint colors, the appliances, the flooring, the countertops, the cabinets, the cabinet hardware, the light fixtures, the tiles, the color of grout between the tiles, the shower heads, the towel rods. Where do you want the towel rods hung in the bathroom? How high? Which wall? You know, the toilets, the landscaping, the list goes on. It's a lot, you know, like which. And it's so hard to visualize. It's not like you have a space that you can walk into and be like, hmm, where do I want this towel rod? You have to just all like. Well, you can kind of like some of that stuff can be decided after the structure is built. Like, all right, we got it framed out. We got here's where the shower is. The wall drywall is done. All right. Where do you want us to hang this shower, the the towel rod? So like a lot of that stuff can be done after the fact. Um, But. But yeah, like some of it, it's just kind of blind faith. All right, are these floors and these counters going to go well together with this cabinet color? And here's some samples that we're going to guess with. And and yeah, some, like, I guess you could go tour some existing homes and be like, I want that. And then they can do that for you. Or, you know, you go. Well, and if you really want to spend some money, you can pay someone to do that too you know (laughs) like or pay someone to help you with it at least and some builders like you've seen the tv shows you know what's the chip and joanna where they do like the 3d cad rendering of what the house will look like i mean you could you know again it'll probably cost more but like some designers and uh can do that for you be like all right here's the color here's what the cabinets look like here's kind of the 3d let's turn the room around so you can get some of that if um if you want it, I suppose. But, but yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of it is just kind of like, all right, these counters we like, they, I guess go with these floors. Let's hope. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, like which windows open, which ones don't, are we doing casement windows? The ones that slide up and down instead, like it's, it's, do we want, you know, what baseboards, you know, do we want rounded edges or hard edges on the corners? What type of, uh, you know, texture on the drywall like it's again literally literally everything down to like maybe you don't pick the size of the nails that go into the framing but that's about the only thing you don't pick um Mm -hmm. you're choosing everything and like you were already mentioned rochelle not everyone wants to tackle that and uh you know i suppose you could just tell the builder to pick it all for you be like hey i don't care you pick what you think looks good um but then why are you building a custom house? Yeah, maybe you just you know? care about the floor plan piece. <laughs> well, I guess you could say like, hey, I really want this dishwasher. I really want, you know, this countertop, you know, mm-hmm. pick the other stuff that goes with it. And like then, you know, show me what you got and I'll tell you yay or nay on these things. So it could be kind of a collaborative process where you're not in charge of, of finding everything. And they definitely do help with that. Like builders will say, here's kind of some standard features or selections that you could go with but but a lot of it is just hey go to the carpet store and pick the carpet that you want and um yeah it's uh you got to be decisive if you're not a decisive person this is probably not for you um so yeah and then throughout the whole process you just got to stay on the builder and the subcontractors like a wet swimsuit and until everything's completed like if you want it done you gotta gotta be on them um and if things are not done to your liking speak up sooner rather than later it's a lot easier to tweak and change and and swap things out uh during the process rather than after everything's finished so you know ideally you're checking up daily 
on the progress and be like, oh, wait, that's not what I want. Can you, before you finish the rest of this floor, stop and, I don't know, rotate the tiles 90 degrees or whatever the issue is. Um, mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Okay. So, sounds like fun. Not for me, but for someone else. I don't know if fun <laughs> is the right word, but it's a, it's a project. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that you mentioned earlier is that you kind of have to be prepared to pay more than the initial quote you get or the initial budget you get. And you said 30%, which sounds crazy because obviously we're talking about big numbers here. So tell me a little bit more about what that looks like in practice. Like why is the cost and and the cost expectation so different sometimes? I don't know. Our practice is a little different which I'll explain in a second, but just from talking to real estate agents and Googling, like it sounds like in general plan to spend about 30% more than quoted. I think a lot of it is due to um, just material and labor cost changes. You know, most builders like, Hey, here's our fee to build the house. You pay for everything else. Builders will put a little bit of a markup in as well, just for the effort and um, but like if lumber prices rise, if labor costs rise, if materials costs rise, like that's going to increase the cost from the initial estimate that they give you. And then, so I'm sure inflation has played a lot into this over the last little bit because inflation has not been great. <laughs> yep. And like people are building during the pandemic, like when lumber prices were all over the map, it was kind of insane. Um, I think a lot of the supply chain issues of have tapered off, so that's not as big of a, a swing anymore. Um, I think the biggest now is probably just the labor aspect of it, getting you know making sure they can get people to do the job, which I don't know necessarily. Well, I guess that could increase the cost a bit, supply and demand, but also just delay things and it drags out, which can add to the cost because it's just longer that you're paying interest on the mortgage or on your current home if, that you're in. But um, and then a lot of it's on you picking things out like a builder will say hey here's the price if you just go with the basic countertops and floors and shower heads and everything but again there's no upper limit to what you can pick out (laughs) so you gotta um you know and anyone who's bought a house before like they you know the game the real estate agent shows you the house that's just slightly out of your price range before they show you the ones that are in your price range and then you're like ah you know that one that's just out of our price range really has all those things that we want and these other ones just aren't that exciting maybe we do stretch the budget a little bit and and so they know they get the game they know how to upsell you on stuff and get you to pay more um Especially if there's a quality argument. I think that works on a lot of people even when it's not just like, okay, this is better because it's fancier, but this is better because it's going to be more durable and it's going to last twice as long. That's when you can convince yourself to spend more money a lot of the time. Yeah. And that's often the case. Like you get what you pay for sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I think we ended up going with a a higher end carpet that's more stain resistant because we have two young boys and a dog. Like... So it's, you know, we'll, we'll spend a little more there to, to get the easier to clean carpet. Um, but overall, like we, for the most part, like we're not, Lindsay and I aren't super fancy people. Like we don't need anything that's like super custom. We just went with the basic like floor, uh, you know, baseboards and finishes around the windows and 
texturing on the wall. Like nothing was, you know, just a normal shower, normal tile. Like nothing was out of the ordinary there. Still ended up costing a little more than we initially had planned, but it was pretty reasonable. Um, And part of the reason, and so again, this is, so I talked about generally speaking, like we went, the builder we went with, we, one of the big reasons we went with them is because the way they do it is they guarantee like an assigned contract that the price will not change from when you sign the contract. They price in all the materials, the labor costs, et cetera, and say, hey, here's what the price is. Like we'll build you a house for this price. And we bear the full responsibility if, if materials cost change. Now, granted, you know, they, I'm sure buffer it a little bit. And, you know, if lumber is, you know, $10 a foot, they probably charge us 12 knowing that they have a wiggle room in case it rises. Um, but, um, but at least that gave us the peace of mind, especially with this kind of crazy environment we're in with changing interest rates and everything like, all right, we know here's what the price is going to be. The only thing that's going to put it over that is if we pick, you know, more expensive things like the fancier carpet. Um, so we were pretty good about keeping things within the, the budget on the, those interior selections. Cause the biggest thing for us, I think was the floor plan and for function for, for ourselves and our family and the rest of it. Like, again, I don't care. <laughs> if I don't, I don't <laughs> care what type of material the countertops are made out of. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're building a custom custom house, like the baseline that they quote you is not going to be super cruddy stuff. You know, like they no. they assume you want a certain certain level of quality. So well, it somewhat depends on the builder. So that's where you know, yeah. interview builders, look at some other projects they've done, ask a lot of questions. Be like, hey, you're telling me it's this price. What does that include? Like, what finishes are included in this, you know, standard pricing that you're giving me? And, um, you know, again, still expect to go overboard, but you know, that's where you got to do some due diligence on the front end and say, Hey, is this going to be what we want? Um, and if so, great. If it's like, you know, none of the stuff you like, all right, maybe we go with a different builder or we got to just reset our expectations a little bit. Um, all right. Yeah. How do you pay for it? (laughs) Either you win the lottery. Yeah. Have some cash from either savings, proceeds from an investment sale, existing home, bank of mom and dad for some people. But most people, you're going to have to take out a mortgage like we did. Um, yep. And it's, uh, you know, typically you're going to do a construction loan, um, which is very similar to a regular mortgage, except it's interest only during the construction period. And then I guess converts or you need you might need to refinance um, at the end, which we'll, we'll talk about the difference there, but in the, during construction the you know, you have, there's a loan amount, like a borrowing limit and the builder takes draws as they complete stuff. So, you know, once the excavation's done, foundation is poured, they'll, you know, borrow whatever they need from the, from the loan to pay the excavator and the foundation company. And then they frame it out and, you know, then borrow some more money to pay the framers and the materials for that. Um, and they kind of go in stages. So you're only paying interest on the amount outstanding at that point in time. So you're not paying for the full loan from day one. Um, and then after construction is complete, depending on the mortgage that you have and the company that you're doing it through, they'll either require you to refinance to a traditional 30 year mortgage or whatever 
you know, 15 year, whatever you want to do, or um, it, it'll just automatically go onto a normal amortization schedule. So that's what, you know, we did, we ended up intentionally last year, you know, we locked in a 30 year fixed rate mortgage. First year is interest only during construction. And then it just automatically goes on a 29 year amortization schedule where you start paying down the principal at that point. So we knew exactly what our mortgage was going to be from the onset. Whereas if it was one of those variable rate or like, uh, you have to, you have to refinance, we'd be, uh, you know, up the creek without a paddle right now with uh, where interest rates have gone in the last year. So that's, you know, you know, credit to, to me and my finance brain for wanting to lock that in um, on the front end. So pat yourself on the back. Yeah, that's about all I did. Everything else was Lindsay. <laughs> I made sure we, we kept the, the budget reasonable um, yep. and affordable. But uh but yeah, it, you know, it's, um, and then like any mortgage, an appraisal is needed, which is interesting because the home is just a drawing when they do the appraisal. So you know, like it's not completed yet. Uh, so uh, it's mostly just going to be based on comparable sales in the area. So that's where a lot of it, depending on how fancy of finishes you're going to be picking, like, you know, the appraiser might say, hey, comparable sales, price per square foot, number of bedrooms, bathrooms here's what you know a typical home is average home is going to be in this area it might be less sometimes a lot less than what your what your home is actually going to cost you so that unless you're sitting on a pile of cash could be an issue for you um you know if if you're spending a lot on the countertops and the showers and the appliances and the backyard and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like a lot of that's going to have to come out of your pocket, those overages, because the appraiser is only going to approve, you know, X amount. Um, but uh, and that's kind of where that 30% rule of thumb comes in. You have a mortgage to cover, you know, say a, a million dollar home, but it ends up costing you 1.3. Okay, where's that extra? You have your down payment of 200K for the 20%, you know, and then you got to come up with another 300K because the mortgage isn't covering that. So it's... Uh, um, again, you got to be mindful from the front end if, if that's going to be the potential scenario for you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, obviously, there's a lot that could go wrong, but if you're on top of it, it can be a great situation once you finally get into your house and you're through all the work. Yeah, our experience compared to some friends of ours and, and clients have talked to and et cetera has gone a lot smoother than some people, um, which we're you know thankful for. But still, it's a it's a process um, to yeah. to to keep it simple and yeah. Hopefully, uh, you and your 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 partner have a a strong relationship, and this will only make it stronger for you. But prepare to be frustrated. Especially when you're done. Yeah. Prepare to be frustrated <laughs> at times. It's going to take longer and probably cost a little more than you initially are quoted. Um, but but yeah, enough with the negatives. Like it's you get to design the home to your liking. You get to check more boxes that way than you probably would be able to if you were looking for existing homes. And and yeah, at least in our case, it, it, it was you know to get the same home, it, it probably ended up costing a little bit less than if we were to find a similar home on the open market that already existed. So yeah. I guess a, a, a win there. Well, thank you for sharing your experience. 
you're a wealth of knowledge and you won't know any more about this than right this second, probably. No, hope to never do it again and forget it all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you have any questions, email Corey, not me. He has all the answers about building a custom house. There we go. Go team. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram, Vanderzanden Rochelle, or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vanderzanden. Check out all of the podcast episodes on thefinitygroup.com slash podcast on our Finity Group YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group, LLC.